0: Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Yeah, we're kicking it up for another hour of the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we are taking your calls and questions. Why? We are talking about puppies, Benny. I'm joined by Mr. Benny Mathers, my producer here. Valerie, of course, will be taking your calls. She went to go get a beverage. Yes, she did. Absolutely. And so she'll be right back. So how are you doing, Mr. B? I'm well. I don't need a beverage. Yes. I'm, I'm good. I'm lubricated. Are I'm we happy? Yes. We're all happy. She's we, happy now. We said
1: uh, to Valerie, yeah, that you had to go get a beverage. So. You, you had to go uh, get yeah, a yeah, beverage. She did, actually. Yes, yeah, she did. I was right.
0: Good job. I went and got one, too. We're all happy. I have green tea. I wouldn't dare drink anything but green tea after having the show that we just did. So for sure. But we're talking about one of my favorite subjects today. Do you know what it is? Animals. Very good. But but, come on. Puppies. Oh, Oh, in general. Puppies. Because March is National Nutrition Month.
2: Of course it Uh, is.
0: National Puppy Day is March 23rd. And we got to make sure we're doing the right thing. And not to mention it's spring. So, you know, here's what happens. All the little puppies that you got around Christmas time, they're going to be moving into their first spring. They're going to be moving into, oh, my gosh, is that really? What is that bright stuff when I walk outside now? You know, I'm not in gray cloud cover or I'm not in snow necessarily. So they're going to be entering into this new world, which we call spring. Joining us today is a, one of our faves. Dr. Edward Moser is joining us here today, board certified uh, veterinarian nutritionist. And he is an expert on natural feeding of He serves as a consulting veterinarian and nutritionist spokesperson for wellness maker of natural pet food and treats our friends at wellnesspetfood.com for sure and we're going to be actually giving out some coupons from wellness pet food as well today during the show for those of you that call in with questions but dr Mosier is joining us here as he has done in the past and we are going to be talking about how to get started in the right direction with our puppies and making sure we get them off uh, started on the right foot now i didn't do that with my puppy when you know like i was raising travis so i didn't do that but i had to learn about it quickly but that's because i didn't have dr mosher to join us here today thank you dr edward thank you for joining us to the show i love puppies i love talking about them but we really want to give our listeners some great advice so thank you for joining us today
1: Good to be with you this, this
0: morning. It's great to have you here today. You know, let's talk about what I just said, getting, getting started on the right foot. And I want to just mention to everybody out there if you have comments or questions, give us a shout at 1 800 930 2819, or you can send an instant message to psychiconair.com or news, what is it, New Sky Radio? newskyradio.com uh, and fill out the instant message form and we will get your questions on air Doctor, Dr. Edward one of the things that I was talking about was getting started on the right foot now I didn't do that with Travis and I had no idea that, the, that my, my dog would be very sensitive to everything but what does it mean to get started on the right foot with your brand new puppy, what are some of the types of ingredients that we need to know about
1: Well, let me back up even further in the puppy's life, and let's talk just a a couple of minutes about um, the mother.
0: Okay.
1: Because, you know, when those puppies are born, they've already, um, you know, the mother's already carried them for 63 days, and they're going to go through a lactation with her before the, the new puppy owner ever even sees them when they're weaned. So what that means is that the the mother has to be fed properly. And one of the things that we realized is that people tend to overfeed the pregnant dog and underfeed the lactating dog. So Mm. that means they tend to feed too much when the dog is simply carrying the, the puppies and they underfeed when there's milk production involved. So when we look at when we should start treating the, the pregnant uh, dog differently than,
2: mm-hmm.
1: than a regular dog, we start looking at probably the last one-third of the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So after about six weeks of pregnancy, um, there's not a lot of tissue laid down in, in the mother, but boy, that last one-third of pregnancy, a lot of puppy tissue is being laid down from about day 40 to about day 60. Um, the majority of puppy is formed inside of the mother. So that's when the extra needs of that pregnant animal uh, start to kick in. That's also when, because the puppy's growing, her ability to eat food is diminished. So that means the last one-third of pregnancy, we have to start thinking about feeding the pregnant dog a growth-type food, the same type of food that a growing puppy needs, which sort of makes sense.
0: It does, but, you know, we don't really think about that. I don't believe that, you know, most folks really think about that. Well, that's such an interesting fact, isn't it?
2: Yeah,
1: and then once the, the puppies are born, then that's actually when the the dog is under, the mother is under the most stress because she's got to make milk for all these puppies. And she's she's a milk factory at that point, making as much milk as she can to satisfy the needs of the puppy. And we really have influence over puppy growth only by how well we feed the lactating animal at that point.
0: Well, you know, so what we're trying to do is, you know, make the environment for that puppy to come in, into the world as n- close to normal as we possibly possibly can. I don't think normal is a good word, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? Right. Sort of like a, an equilibrium. Um, does what, what is the reason for doing that? Could you, you tell us a little bit more about that from a nutritional point of view?
1: Well, what we know is that um, during pregnancy, there's a lot of, tissue that's laid down, um, puppy tissue. So we know that proteins essential and minerals are very essential as uh-huh. well as energy for all that growth. The other thing, Dr. Pat, that's really interesting that's only probably come to light in the last couple of years is that we know that we need fat in the, the, the diet for both the, the gestating, the lactating um, mother. What, what we didn't know is Besides energy, there are certain fatty acids that are essential for the development of the puppy. And one of the fatty acids that's been talked about in the dog recently and has certainly been talked about in human infants for a long time is DHA, which is a a long-chain essential polyunsaturated fatty acid, an omega-3 fatty acid. And it's critical for the development of the nervous system, the brain, and the, the retinas in the eyes. And so what you're seeing is a lot more emphasis in addition to uh, feeding a nutrient-dense, high-protein diet to the, the gestating, lactating animal is making sure they're also getting adequate DHA in their uh, diet so that they pass it. Through their placenta or their milk to the puppies mm-hmm. so that they develop those nervous systems and brains well so that they can be um, social and trainable and, and that kind of thing.
0: So this is really sort of getting educated and informed about this. Now, let let me ask you a question because a lot of times we go and we, we go get a puppy, right? And we're getting really smart about how we get puppies these days. But we really don't ask the questions about nutrition um, to, uh, you, you know, to that of the breeder. Uh, but let's have a conversation about that for a minute. Let's say that you know, the person that has been breeding the puppies uh, hasn't done the kinds of things we're talking about. What kind of adjustments does the new owner have to make?
1: I think the owner has to um, come up with a couple maybe a list of things that they need to satisfy um, their knowledge base when they're looking for how should I feed this puppy. And I think what you need to do is remember that your objective is to is to produce a healthy adult. And so what that means is that you want to optimize but not maximize the growth rate. And remember that um, puppies grow at different rates depending on their breed. Mm-hmm. So some of it's genetic. So large breed dogs, dogs that are greater than about 25 kilos, or about 55 pounds adult weight, mm-hmm. those dogs uh, mature more slowly. Their puppies longer than the small breed dogs who tend to mature more quickly. For all breeds of dogs, the most rapid period of growth is about two to six months of age. That's mm-hmm. when a tremendous amount of of tissue growth occurs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's true for both the giant breed and the small breed. What's peculiar then about the large and giant breeds is they their growth rate tends to slow down and is uh, is less flat at the top as the small breed or the medium breed are. So uh, they, they remain puppies longer, but that two to six months is where most of the rapid growth occurs and that's where most of the problems happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. We've got a lot to learn about this. Dr. Edward Moser joining us here today on the show. If you've got questions or comments about uh, your puppy or your pet, period, we would love to get your questions on the air. 1-800-930-2819. When we come back, we'll be talking about the do's and the don'ts when it comes to our puppies and our dogs in general. Especially around the season that's coming up now where we're going to just be cracking out the candy, putting it out on the tables and yeah what's cute and what's not stay tuned we'll be right back with the Dr. Pat show this is talk radio to thrive Uh by Did you know that children should not carry more than 10 to 15% of their body weight in backpacks? This is Dr. Bonnie for to share some information about backpack safety. The longer a child wears a heavy backpack incorrectly, the longer it takes for a curvature or deformity of the spine to correct itself. That's why it's important that children who are carrying heavy backpacks throughout the year are under regular chiropractic care. They will be better able to deal with the physical stressors being put on their small bodies, and they will be able to enjoy the healthy benefits of a properly functioning nervous system. For more information on backpack safety and how to keep your child healthy throughout the school year, Visit vitalitychiropractic.com or call 206-824-5521 and be sure to listen to me, Dr. Bonnie Verhuntz, on the Dr. Pat Show the second Tuesday at 10 o'clock of every month.
3: times have you said, I need to quit smoking. And how many times have you tried to quit smoking only to fail? How many times a day are you smoking and wishing you weren't? This is Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis, where we help you to become smoke-free for life. Take on the habits of a non-smoker, not an ex-smoker. Our clients tell us they simply lose the desire for the cigarette. Become stress-free and relaxed. Lose or maintain weight at the same time and effortlessly take back control. Andy Castle quit his 15-year smoking habit and has been smoke-free for over a year. Jane Penrod quit smoking after smoking three packs a day for 50 years. Yes, it works. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157.
4: is the perfect time to learn tai chi and qigong these ancient chinese healing arts also called mind body practice are simple to learn clinically proven to be effective and can be practiced by anyone anywhere at any time for 10 years the institute of integral qigong and tai chi has been a respected leader in mind body practice training Visit IIQTC.org. Empower yourself, empower others. Visit IIQTC.org for more information on mind-body practice. IIQTC.org.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. If you've got comments about or questions about your animal friends, give us a shout. 1 800 930 2819. That's because we've got Dr. Moser in the house. 1 800 930 2819. He's joining us here today thanks to our friends at Wellness Pet Food. And we're taking your calls, we're answering your questions. We're going to make sure that as we go towards the spring equinox, that you are knowing what the right thing might be to do with your animal friends if you're having any difficulty maybe we can get your questions on air today though we're featuring our puppies and what it's like to raise a healthy puppy dr Moser, thank you for joining us here today you know i said that there are puppy do's and puppy don'ts and i think it would be good to kind of start talking about that a little bit because sometimes we just love them to death and we kind of do things that don't really make sense so can you kind of cover what some of the things are that we need to be mindful of as we're raising uh, these young, beautiful animals?
1: Yeah, Dr. Pat, I think one of the things that comes to mind is, is the actual growth rate that we're trying to get out of these
2: puppies. Oh.
1: And as I said before, uh, growth rate varies with, with breed. And so what we want to do is make sure we're feeding appropriately for the breed. And that's why most of the people that are listening today who are dog owners and may have had a puppy before or are thinking about a puppy hear about the choice between feeding a puppy food for a small and medium breed versus a puppy food for the large and giant breed. And it's very important that they understand the difference and that they choose the the correct one. And really, what the, the difference mainly is, and you can see this. If you go to the wellness, it's a, it's a very good example of having uh, the choice of, of two products. But wellnesspetfood.com, you can go there and look on the, under dry formulas. Uh, their, their diet for small and medium breed is called Just for Puppies. And that's a more high-energy, higher-protein, higher-fat um, kind of diet. So it would be uh, the type of food that you would feed a smaller amount of and get a tremendous amount of, Um, Energy, A lot of bang for your buck in that kind of food. That would be the the type of food I would recommend for uh, the last one-third of gestation for the mother and during lactation for the mother, as well as uh, when the puppy is weaned. So that would be the kind of food for a small and medium breed. When you're looking for a large and giant breed food, look more toward um, the large breed puppy diet. And basically what that um, encompasses is moderating the protein and the fat somewhat to make growth rate more, uh, 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 more slow. So it, it makes the, the growth curve flatter and it makes them grow more uh, slowly. And what you do that for is to prevent the risk of developmental orthopedic disorder in mm-hmm. the large breed dog know that dogs that are 25 kilos, or about 55 pounds or greater, right, are at greater risk for developing, and the two major ones, the the two developmental orthopedic diseases your listeners may have heard about Uh are hip dysplasia and osteochondrosis. Mm. Those are the two big ones.
0: Right. And actually, it's funny that you bring that up. Um, And I mentioned, you know, having a colleague and we had learned early on that he had hip dysplasia at a very young age. And, you know, honestly, um, it's one of those things where, you know, we just didn't know then about inbreeding and all of that language around that. Uh, But But we found out very quickly and we elected not to give the dog back because we knew what they would do. Uh, And so we learned a lot about how to raise this, you know, what do I want to say? Very sensitive, (laughs) sensitive collie, look just like Lassie, to optimal health. But most people don't really know that or don't know the kinds of things you're talking about here today. you know, so there are many things that do show up. But nutrition has now played such an incredible part in in raising healthy pets. I mean, this is really a conversation that hasn't happened for a really long time. You know what I'm saying, Dr. Moser?
1: Yeah, and I think there, there truly is in this developmental orthopedic disease. Mm-hmm. There's an awareness out there among owners of large dogs yeah. that this can happen. What they don't know is that there's really several risk factors which are are very easy to to, to recognize and okay here they are all right one is just being a large and giant breed it's right the genetics right is number one second is free choice feeding that means just giving the dog as much as it wants to eat when it wants to eat it a lot of people say you need to do that with puppies that's not the case okay you need to limit the amount of food to slow their growth rate down This is especially true when you have very high-energy foods like, say, just for puppy, which is uh, 18% fat Okay. versus the large breed puppy food for wellness, which is about 12% fat. So um, those are two things. The third one is don't supplement with excessive amounts of vitamin D and calcium. And as a matter of fact, if you're feeding a food formulated for growth, or for all life stages, you don't need a a vitamin D or a calcium supplement. So um, you don't need to worry about them, especially the calcium. Keep your bottle of calcium away from the dog. Um, And don't feed for rapid weight
2: gain.
0: Well, these are things that, you know, are kind of counterintuitive for, for for folks out there. I mean, you know, so what we're really talking about is getting educated and getting informed about what the proper way is to to really d- develop these amazing, beautifully young creatures into, you know, you know, friends that will be around with us for a really long time. That's really what we're talking about, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. And, you know... Really, and we've talked about this a little bit before, uh, because obesity is such a problem in adults, we really have to monitor how much we're feeding puppies so that that cute little roly-poly adult or puppy doesn't turn into a, uh, a sickly, you know, having a medical problem fat adult.
0: So let's talk about nutrition right now. There are a lot of uh, things out there that people have learned from the incident with China and the food coming over from China. But I want to talk about this, you know, from a point of view of how people can understand to break down the ingredients that we're we're feeding our our puppies. And then, you know, what are some of the brands that we can look out for to know what makes sense? Um, It seems like there's so much information. So let's talk about ingredients for a minute.
1: Okay, one of the things um, to always keep in mind uh, when we're feeding a, a puppy diet or a, a growth-type diet is that we're going to be striving for higher levels of protein than we would be for uh, a maintenance kind of diet. And to achieve those protein levels, what we want to do is make sure we incorporate animal protein uh, into, into the protein mix. We don't want okay. it all to be plant protein. Okay. So when you're reading a, a product ingredient list, which lists the ingredients in descending order of addition by weight, so the first ingredient is added by weight uh, in the majority. If you look at wellness just for puppy, for instance, e-bone chicken is, is the first ingredient. So you have a, an animal protein, and it's chicken meat. It's the, uh, the actual skeletal muscle protein. Um, and then second ingredient would be chicken meal, which is the, the same ingredient, but in a dried form. Mm-hmm. Remember, when you're making a, a dried product, there's only so much fresh ingredient you can add. Okay. Um, and also in the uh, ingredient list, you'll see uh, white fish or salmon meal. And again, we want some marine protein sources for the, the protein contribution. But we also want those uh, marine uh, ingredients because they are rich in DHA, which is the essential fatty acid cool. I spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're getting natural addition of those, which are essential for puppy growth. Uh, so those are some things you look for when you look at the grains. You might see oatmeal, barley, uh, some of those kind of grains that add carbohydrate to the diet. So but what we what we want to make sure of is that when the people read the ingredient panel, that they recognize these things and that they're not foreign to them.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, One of the things I like about the wellness website is they have uh, a nutritional, an ingredient dictionary where if you see something um, in one of the ingredient lists of a product, you can just look it up and it tells you exactly what it is and what it's for. Um, Very helpful for consumers that may not recognize all the product all the ingredient products.
0: You know, this is really doesn't take very much time to do, and you're right about the the wellness website. There's just lots and lots and lots of information. Uh, I want to make sure that everybody out there does have the website to go to. Go to wellnesspetfood.com. That's really what we're talking about. Wellnesspetfood.com, and you'll be able to check it out, take a look at uh, you know some of the information we're talking about. Uh, We're uh, we're talking with Dr. Edward Mosher today. We're talking about you know this is puppy nutrition, puppy health when we come back we're going to be talking about what you absolutely have to be careful about this upcoming yet yeah, candy season that we're entering into you know what some things you might not want to do and how high you might want to pick up your candy when we come back we'll be talking about some of the things that can happen what the consequences are and what we all need to be mindful about stay tuned we'll be right back with the dr pat Show. this is talk radio to thrive for more information about us go to www.thedrpatshow.com or simply drpatlive.com stay tuned we'll be right back with the show
3: Are
5: you tired or struggling to get to where you want to be in your life? Want some help getting to that next level? Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, personal growth expert and passionate champion of your complete success. I'm excited to give you powerful books, teas, and coaching to help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to make your life sing. Visit MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com.
6: Is Egypt calling you? Join Dr. Friedemann Schaub and Danielle Rama Hoffman for an initiatory journey to Egypt, May 2010. Picture yourself meditating in the Great Pyramid, cruising down the Nile on a private sailing yacht, and exploring ancient temples in exclusive visits. For a journey that expands your consciousness and opens your heart, Call 866-903-6463 or visit EgyptIsCalling.com.
4: Living your life to the max means that you can have everything you want. Empowerment Psychic, Linda Dickinson can show you where you're headed and teach you how to change your future. Linda will share with you the messages of those who have passed before you. For a private session, visit InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096. Listen to Linda Dickinson on The Dr. Pat Show. Call in and hear how you can be the producer, director, and lead in your life. Today is the day to start living your life
3: This is where true wellness begins.
0: Everyone, welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, Dr. Moser joining us here today. And if you've got uh, comments or questions, give us a shout. We'd love to give you a gift certificate. Thanks to Wellness Pet Food, 1 800 930 2819. Dr. Moser, thanks for joining us here because, you know, we think it's cute sometimes, especially around holiday seasons. It doesn't matter what the holiday is. But we really think it's cute sometimes to maybe give our dogs a chocolate kiss or, you know, we feel like they're being left out because they're looking at us with those puppy eyes and we just want to treat them like everyone else but let's talk about this because i had a super bowl party right and i had my friends come over with this amazing rottweiler i mean brandy what a sweetheart but just like you mentioned you know she too had immediately as a puppy to what do you call them acl operations to, to actually every Every leg was operated on. But the point is that she's just a great dog, very playful, came over in the Super Bowl party, right? And, of course, my friends like dark chocolate, so I had the dark chocolate out for everybody. Beelined, beelined to the dark chocolate bowl. I'm telling you, out of everything that I had out there, the guacamole dip, this and that, she beelined For the dark chocolate. And within seconds, I got to tell you, if you know what a Rottweiler looks like, right? Within seconds, had pretty much had a party all to herself. But I got a little bit worried and her owners were like, oh my God, you know, did she go after the chocolate? So let's talk a little bit about, A, should they have been concerned? And B, what we should or shouldn't do with this candy around this holiday season.
1: That's a, a really good point. And I guess my bottom line on chocolate and dogs is no amount of chocolate is okay for dogs.
0: Right. Wow.
1: And the reason is because we can estimate the toxic or lethal or even um, just doses that make dogs sick. Yeah. But each dog is going to react a little bit differently. Um, what's in chocolate is something called theobromine, which is a, a stimulant. And so what you generally see within 12 hours after ingesting uh, a certain amount of chocolate is things like irritability, nervousness, panting, excessive thirst and urination, sometimes vomiting and diarrhea. Mm -hmm. Um, It can progress all the way to seizures and death. So it's certainly not something to take lightly. And if you look up how much chocolate is bad yeah. or it contains a lot of theobromine, what you'll see is that white chocolate contains the least amount of the toxic ingredients and very dark chocolate contains the most.
0: Well, that's what she went after. T- <laughs> Milk
1: <laughs> you know, chocolate in between.
0: Okay, but I'll tell you, you know, we're all on this dark dark chocolate uh, kick. Not to put a plug for Theo's or anybody else that's doing dark chocolate. But, you know, we're all on the dark chocolate chick, uh, kick because, you know, unlike dogs, right, we have this idea that this dark chocolate is good for humans. But she made a beeline to it. You know what I'm saying? And you know the size of a mouth of a Rottweiler. <laughs> so, you know, like like, how much chocolate can, you know, this Rottweiler eat in, like, 30 seconds, right?
1: And that's a lot of chocolate.
0: That's a that lot. <laughs> that is a, that's a, this is a big dog. Yeah. So, we were worried about it. But, you know, honestly, um, I guess uh, she didn't have the reaction, I guess, that we're talking about. So, does size matter?
1: Size does matter. Big dogs can tolerate more than small dogs. Mm. Um, but it's a, a 10-pound Yorkie With milk chocolate, um, a a six- or seven-ounce bar might be enough to make them very, very ill.
0: Really? Wow. Um,
1: It might take two pounds of uh, milk chocolate to make a 60-pound lab sick, and it might take less than that if it's dark chocolate. That's why the bottom line is don't feed chocolate to dogs.
0: Yeah, what's really interesting about that experience is because my friends really love dark chocolate, we didn't throw it away. We just picked off what we thought was going to go to the Rottweiler. Um, You know, what's interesting about this is, you know, that's just chocolate. But let's talk about other things because that's not the only thing, you know, that we put out around this holiday season. You know, this is really in the holiday. Of course, you know, we're talking about Easter. We're talking about spring. You know, chocolate is one form of it. But can we talk for a minute about sugar um, or, or sugar that comes in the form of other kinds of chocolates? You know what I'm saying? Um, not necessarily, uh, 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 you know, that level of it. For example, Travis loved peanut butter. I don't know why. I mean, and we thought it was kind of cute to give a collie with a big nose peanut butter. Um, but there's sugar in that as well. Is there a line that we're drawing, or does sugar not fit into the same kind of category?
1: Well, certainly anything that you're feeding that's not dog food. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> Should be there you go. There you um, go. And and in general, when people say, well, I want to feed something fun or some treat, what's the guideline? Um, and my guideline is don't go above 10% of the daily intake as a treat or a okay. human food. And in reality, I'd avoid all human foods. And if you're going to feed treats, feed treats that are made for dogs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, avoid chocolate. Avoid sweets that have um, xylitol, that artificial sweetener. okay. Um, it's in gums. It's in baked goods. Um, it's very, it'll make dogs very sick at least to liver failure. Okay. The other thing that I've seen um, causes problems that a lot of people don't think about is, you know, that Easter grass that they put in the Easter basket that you put the candy in.
0: Oh, exactly. That well, the dog mostly gets when he, he or she digs into your Easter basket for the little chocolate Easter egg.
1: Well, when puppies and kittens eat that stuff,
0: yeah,
1: um, it can block up their intestines.
0: Hmm. Wow, I didn't really thought about that.
1: Yeah, mm. and so what we really also need to keep track of is all the other stuff that goes, the decorative stuff that goes along with the candy that might be sitting next to it and smell like it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, it usually does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, those can be serious foreign bodies. All that. Uh, Easter grass stuff. Okay,
0: so let's say we're training our puppy because this is really kind of the thing that I think you know, some of us have gone through, right? We're training our puppy and you always see like in the puppy training videos they give them a little treat or they don't give them a little treat but you know as we're training our puppies give us an idea of what you know treats are puppy friendly because i think that this kind of falls in the same category right you know you know we look at ah it's just my little puppy i want to give him like a little treat and we don't think about kind of what that treat
5: is
1: right and i think what you are looking at then is treats that complement types of food you're feeding and to talk for instance wellness has a a line of treats and uh, they're based on the same kind of ingredient panel and the same kind of um, not added list as their regular food so there's no animal byproducts no corn no wheat no soy no artificial colors flavors or preservatives and no sugar added Um, so they have different types of um, treats that are either traditional and crunchy mm-hmm. or soft and chewy. Uh, they're called like Well Bars, Well bikes. They're all on the website uh, that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And they're specifically made for for animals, which is really the way I like to go with any treat you're giving it. It sort of keeps them away from the dinner table and the people eating and uh, and they're they're, they're made specifically for dogs. I
0: I had a friend say to me, and I want to ask you about this. I had a friend say to me once, you know, I don't give my dog anything that I wouldn't eat. And I wanted to know if that's really true. I mean, you know, believe me, there's certain pet food out there that I wouldn't even go near. But, you, you know, his point was that the food that I give my pet or my puppy has to be something that wouldn't do any harm to me, so to speak. I mean, can you talk to that issue a bit?
1: Yeah, I, I think that what, you know, the pet food manufacturers are striving for is um, the safest product possible, and so certainly I'm not going to say that people should can, can eat the dog product because that would not be a, a good thing to, to advertise, but they are, you know, they're very safe um, products, and I don't know whether I would, again, I would recommend people eating them, but...
0: Well, you know, let's uh, let's make sure that we get this. How do you define true wellness for your puppy or your dog?
1: Well, I think really true wellness is looking at the entire management system that you're that you're creating for for the pet. And you know, one of the things you do every day. Well, one of the things you you're forced to do every day is feed the dog. I mean, you don't have an you, you don't really have an option. And so, nutrition becomes way up there on the list of what is what constitutes uh, total wellness. It is your philosophy on what you're going to uh, what you're going to feed and how you're going to feed it? Uh, sometimes you can pick the, the greatest diet in the world, but feed it to the wrong animal and not get the get good results.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that's one of the the nice parts about the line like wellness is that you've got a bunch of choices. And so that we we all know that there are differences in ages. So there's puppy foods and there's senior foods. There's differences in what you want the um, body weight to be. So some foods are higher in fiber, low in fat. Uh, Some people have the desire to uh, have a more protein-focused nutritional program and minimize carbohydrate, for instance. So you have the the grain-free kind of... um, products available. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you have the allergy products, which are uh, very specifically uh, formulated to highlight novel protein sources and be very uh, limited in their ingredient list. You've got this wider array uh, of products available so that you can uh, manipulate, I guess, the the way you're feeding, Mm -hmm. the the product you're feeding your, your pet and hopefully be able to uh, get the results you're looking for. And if not, you have alternates to to try different things because I think that the days of, well, I've tried one thing and that's what the dog's going to get her over. Yeah. uh, You know, you've got to try other things and look for changes in skin and coat, changes in stool quality and consistency, changes in activity level, uh, et cetera.
0: Yeah, let's take a short break when we come back. We're going to be talking about how do you then transition to adult dog. When is adult dog? When does the dog stop becoming a puppy and then becomes, okay, we're not a puppy anymore? Certainly, I have a couple of friends that have three-year-olds that they still consider puppies. I don't know. Is that really a puppy or are they always puppies? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.
5: What if being lucky wasn't some random circumstance? What if you were actually the generator of luck in your life? Aquamantra believes you are, which is why they created I Am Lucky Premium Natural Spring Water to remind you to say the mantra with every delicious sip and own the possibility that you truly are lucky. Pick up your case of I Am Lucky water at aquamantra.com forward slash I Am Lucky. Now available in biodegradable and recyclable bottles. Lucky for you. Lucky for our planet.
0: When was the last time you were flabbergasted? Well, I was the first time I cleaned with this cloth named E-Cloth. E-Cloth claims perfect cleaning with just water on all hard surfaces and no chemicals. I started with my windows, then stovetop, and then the refrigerator. I was totally flabbergasted on how well E-Cloth cleaned everything. And I did it without exposing my family to potential health-harmful chemical cleaners. Also with eCloth, there's no paper towels, chemicals to buy, so you'll save money. And they're guaranteed to thoroughly clean for years. As a Dr. Pat Show listener, you'll get 20% off everything you order and free shipping. Go to eCloth.com, and when checking out, enter Dr. Pat. That's eCloth.com, 20% off everything, free shipping. You'll never go back to cleaning any other way.
6: Spark Productions presents the second speaker event in the Extraordinary People Lecture Series. Spend an evening with Bishop Carlton Pearson, one of the most articulate, dynamic, and controversial spiritual leaders of our time, the heir apparent to a new way of thinking. In this inspiring lecture, Carlton will share his story of his own conversation with God, a conversation that has changed his beliefs and his message. Bishop Pearson had an epiphany that changed his way of thinking and preaching from one of hell and damnation to one of love and inclusion with the same passion energy and gift for communication that made him a fiery lecturer his message will lift you up and inspire join bishop carlton pearson in seattle friday march 26th at 7 p.m followed by robert holden the happiness guru on april 30th and shirley mclean on june 13th visit bellaspark.com for information and registration that's bellaspark.com
0: welcome back everyone welcome back to the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by dr edward uh, excuse me doctor <laughs> i've been calling you edward moses yeah dr edward moses is joining us here today uh on the dr pat show Dr. Edward, am I calling you Dr. Edward? That is your name, right? That is, correct. Okay, cool. Yeah, I noticed that uh, we've got a couple of different names for you, but the point is is that, you know, you are the resident expert, and we're thrilled to have you on the show in support of uh, Puppy Month, actually, but more importantly, to provide great education and uh, information to our listeners. Benny, I think we've got a caller. Why don't we go right to the old phones Sure, here? let's
3: bring on Christy. She's calling in from Bellevue. She has a question about her 8-year-old dog.
5: Great, Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Um, well, I have two miniature schnauzers. One's seven. He acts like a puppy, really playful and bouncy. And the other one's 8-years-old, miniature schnauzer. And I walk him two or three times a day, morning, sometimes afternoon and, and night. But I noticed the 8-year-old, he's not limping or anything, but he has a problem jumping up in the bed sometimes he makes it at times he can't and I have to pick him up so um, is there something you can feed them that would help prevent um, arthritis or achy joints in there's, a small dog
1: there's actually um, you know people think of arthritis and they naturally think of of large dogs but arthritis is just as common and lameness is just as common in smaller breed dogs just less noticeable because they're carrying uh-huh. less weight around, um, there's a couple ways that people say you, you should approach that. One is uh-huh. obviously to make sure they're in, in good body condition, that they're not overweight, which uh-huh. negatively affects their, their bones and joints. Um, secondly, you can uh, choose a, a diet that contains glucosa, and chondroitin sulfate, as, a, uh, as an ingredient in the diet like a, um, Just for Seniors. You know, oh, Just the for
5: Seniors? Side. Yeah, I did buy a, a, the senior dog food. The lady yeah. at the pet food store said, oh, he's 7 and 8, you got to give him a senior food now. And I said, okay.
1: Yeah, sometimes they will have chondroitin and glucosamine in them. And, okay. However, at, sometimes what you need to do is actually go to your veterinarian and uh-huh. have him examine the, the dog and actually prescribe uh, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug to aid in uh, prevention of the pain and inflammation.
0: Okay. One of the things, Great. can we do, you know, so how about nutrition? I want to ask you about food, though. And, and, you know, this is kind of, this is really interesting, Christy, because I had the same issue with, uh, you know, my colleague. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, we're learning a lot about food, Dr. Dr. Edward, in terms of what we can feed our dogs that will either support um, sort of the achy joints or not support them. I mean, what is on your hit list of not to, what not to give a dog? Christy, you know what I'm talking about? Talking about?
5: Mm-hmm. Oh well, I usually only give my dog dog food, water, and like bully sticks or bones, mm-hmm. so, like beef bones to chew on. Okay. I don't I don't give them people food because I know like cheese or it might plug them up.
0: Good. Uh, Dr. Moser, what are what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think that's excellent. Stay away from um, overfeeding any home um, people food, um, mm-hmm. food. Feed only dog food. And like I said, if there's pain involved, you should probably see your veterinarian to make sure that Mm -hmm. there's not something you can't do to alleviate the the painfulness of uh, the hips, which which it sounds like.
5: Okay. Thank you. Yeah, because they can't can't verbalize it. They
1: don't bark or tell me, you know. Right. Maybe with the veterinarian, when he's able to manipulate the joints, he can elicit where it hurts and if it hurts. Okay.
0: That's a great point. Thank you. Thank you, Christy. Thanks for tuning in. But I, I, I want to f- ask a follow up question on that, Dr. Moser, because, you know, Every time you turn around, you're getting an Internet ad or some kind of ad that says, take this oil, put it in the food, take that oil, put it in the food. You know, it's OK to give your dog um, glucosamine uh, and put it in their food for joint pain. So there are a lot of things that are coming up right now, uh, especially in the holistic arena, that people are saying we can add this. You could give your dog herbs. You could do this. You could do that. So I want to get your information on that.
1: There's been it, recently, and I'd say, Dr. Pat, within maybe the last five months, yes. six months, there's been um, articles in the Journal of the American Veterinary Medical Association um, which talked about two different um, products that are currently being looked at for um, uh, joint pain, arthritic pain, osteoarthritis, right. which is generally what it is. And the first paper discussed glucosamine and chondroitin sulfate. Yeah. And gave them the thumbs up. Okay. You know, that's something you should try. Mm -hmm. The next couple of papers, and this is something that's really new, is they're looking at the omega-3 fatty acid addition to diet.
0: Right. That's what I was uh, kind of referring to there.
1: And if you you look at the papers, what you see is that the results were gotten uh, by increasing omega-3s both. From ALA, alpha-linolenic acid, and DHA, the so acid, which we talked about for puppies, as right, a matter of fact. Right, right, right. And so both of those fatty acids, when they were increased in, um, in dogs that had osteoarthritis, showed improvement.
0: So, so, so you know, so then the next question is, you know, how to make sure you're getting a high-grade or high-quality product. I mean, it's no different, really, for dogs or pets than it is for humans. I mean, we could go out today, and any one of us can go buy gl- uh, gl- uh, glucosamine, right? Or we could go buy a supplement, or we could go buy an oil, but then there's the question of quality. Exactly. So can you tell us who the manufacturers are or What? where are the best way for people to find information, find out information about these products?
1: Um, I'm familiar with a product that you can get information called KHI.com. Mm-hmm. There's a product there. Um, you, a lot of veterinarians will carry products. Okay. Uh, and I don't know. be
0: afraid to read the label.
1: Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but you know, see your. I, I like to get people that when they have these lameness problems to see their vet because a lot of times there's something that the vet can pick up
2: right. that mm-hmm. they
1: they the owner doesn't see, um, and so a, you know a thorough physical exam is is really a, a good place to start when mm-hmm. you're dealing with a lameness problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. Wow.
1: And you know, Doctor Pat, the other thing I can't emphasize enough. Study after study that looked at lame dogs, one of the most, effective treatment, the, the most effective treatment methodologies was weight loss.
2: Well, that's
0: kind of important in general. I mean, that makes sense. A lot of times what we'll do is, especially this time of year, we'll take our dogs because, just like us, we've been kind of laying around for the winter months, yeah. and we think, <laughs> let's go take them and run five miles. But that's really a caution. We really have to be careful. Right.
1: You're exactly right.
0: Yeah, yeah. despite the fact that our dog probably wants to run five miles uh, (laughs) because they've been cooped up all winter. Thank you, Dr. Moser, for joining us here today. Thank you so much, and thanks to all our friends at Wellness Pet Food for helping us out. Any personal message for our listeners today?
1: Well, when um, they're thinking about what they should feed their dog, make sure they remember, don't feed it as much as you think it needs. If bend your dog down, it'll live longer.
0: There you go. And that's a that's something that all of us could probably take that advice, I think, for all of us. Thank you, Dr. Moser, for joining us here today. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. WellnessPetFood.com is the website. Make sure you know how to get there. And for more information about the Dr. Pat Show, go to the TheDrPatShow.com or DrPatLive.com. Remember that, you know, as you step out, this is going to be a beautiful time of the, the season for so many people people. And just like ourselves, if you have a pet uh, or an animal friend that has been indoors for most of the time, then it's going to be extremely difficult to be able to take that pet out there and be able to connect them in the way that they want to be. Be kind to them that five miles may not be exactly uh, the right thing to do. So remember that as you kind of get out there. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on on the dr pat show uh we would love to connect with you more remember to do that on our website uh i I don't know is that question for us many uh so thank you thank you thank you thank you everyone we'll see you next time right here on the dr pat show this is talk radio to thrive by take care (music) bye-bye